Also, in case you missed it, HBO is rebooting their show Sex and the City. Sex and the City, which ran for six seasons from um, 1998 to 2006. But I'm thinking that now over, it's been over 20 years since that show first started, that um, HBO should actually use those same characters to reboot uh, another show called Golden Girls. All right, speaking of things that start with J, jokes, <laughs> we have... Um, we have one of my favorite people in the world here this afternoon. It's Ms. Janique Stewart, who is a pro-life leader and apologist at Life Training Institute and the executive director at Love Protects. She is an international speaker on topics of human sexuality, chastity, and pro-life issues. She is phenomenal. Um, she's been a beauty, beauty pageant winner, a leader in pharmaceutical sales. But for the past 10 years, she's been a leader in the pro-life movement and sexual chastity movement. To learn more about her, you can just type her. Her name is Janique Stewart in your web browser, and she comes up. You spell her name J-A-N-N-I-Q-U-E. Janique, welcome into the David L. Gray Show. How are you doing? Well, thank you. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a lot of years since we first talked. It really has. Yes, and so many great things have happened with you. So that's wonderful. And you as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, you're on a speaking tour right now. You're um, in New York. So what's going on? Oh, the wonderful New York. Yes, I am in New York, and I have the privilege of going into um, Catholic schools here in the area. So this week I'm in several different schools speaking to them about the abortion issue and not just speaking about the issue, but the goal is to ultimately change their hearts and minds on the issue. We are in a culture where even Pope John Paul said that we have a culture of death. And I believe that, that there is no more appropriate term that we have a culture of death when we celebrate when we think we are advancing or progressing as a people, when we celebrate the destruction of human life, and even being in New York is reminiscent of actually what happened. Do you remember two years ago when Governor Cuomo signed what is the United States' most liberal law that says that abortion is not only legal for all nine months, but it wasn't even going to protect babies that were born alive. And then what did he do as a response? For them to light the World Trade Center as if the shedding of innocent blood is something that we should celebrate. It is absolutely heartbreaking that our nation is so desensitized in this culture of death that we celebrate when we're killing our most defenseless our most defenseless and those who are marginalized, our children. I mean, God tells us that children are supposed to be a blessing and a reward, yet we count them as a burden. And we don't just count them as a burden, we eliminate them yeah. because of those reasons. Yeah, and it's really sad. It becomes, uh, it's, it's a, it's, and I talked about this before, how abortion, we're treating like abortion like it's a form of self-defense, like it's a disease, like it's a problem. And so we're just eliminating children. So we're going to, and thanks for bringing up that New York law, because we're going to talk in, in, in shortly about the um, another law in New Zealand that is very similar very to it. Similar. But 
on a recent episode of the um, the show This Is Us, it's a hit show on NBC, uh, one of the lead characters, Kate, she had revealed to her husband, Toby, that when she was 18 years old, she was in an abusive relationship. She got pregnant at 18 and chose to have an abortion for that reason. She said um, the, the, the show in the script that says that um, she was not ready to be a mother or to be tied down to the child's, the child's father. And I was nowhere near ready to be a mom. And I could not, well, I could not be tied to that guy for the rest of my life. You know, so I had an abortion. Um, so she hid it from her husband, Toby, and her family. But in this show, it shows that she's still suffering some sort of psychological, emotional effects and, and challenges here later in her life. I think she's uh, maybe 40 in the show. So what's going on here? In this episode, Janique? Well, a couple of things. One, I think it's important to focus on what is between the lines. Obviously, when actors deliver their lines, they're delivering them with a certain worldview. But I also think that when you look at the body language, it's interesting that it's almost as if her body language and the psychological trauma that she's going through is in direct opposition to what she's claiming because she claims, in fact, one of the quotes is it was the toughest decision I've ever made in my life, but I don't regret it. And it was, I mean, the toughest decision I've ever made in my life. Right. Now, if you don't regret it, then why are you having so many psychological issues? Why is this bothering you so much if you really don't regret it? You see, that's a lie that the abortion industry has told women that they believe that, number one, abortion is a good thing. That, number two, that abortion is going to fix everything. Well, let's actually be honest. Is Kate's life better off because of this abortion? Is she better off today? When she has all this psychological trauma, she has deception within her marriage or in her relationship. So let's really ask ourselves, wow, was that really a great decision? Not to mention the fact that she's never going to forget the fact that she did end the life of her child. And when you look at the wording and the verbiage in the show, I believe that there is an intentional narrative that's being told that it was a, a decision. It was just a choice. Never mind the reality of that choice. You see, every single abortion, whether the show wants to deal with that or not, we have to deal with the very nature of reality. And the very nature of reality of a single abortion is an attempt to kill and eliminate a child. Now, they don't like to use those words. They like to say things like, well, it's reproductive choice, or it was the best decision, or it was a tough decision, which she will admit, but I don't regret it. And so we have to ask ourselves, and let's switch that out from a baby that was aborted, an unborn child, to a newborn baby. Would we ever accept someone saying about a newborn baby, literally just seconds old, Mm -hmm. Which there are news stories of where teens panic and they end up delivering a baby at home and then they kill this newborn baby. Would we ever accept her saying, listen, it was the toughest decision I've ever made, but I don't regret it. We would never accept that. And no. you know why? Because ultimately we know deep down that when you kill a newborn baby, 
feeling a human human being. The problem in our society is we are so desensitized, we have been deceived into thinking that the unborn is nothing more than a clump of cells or tissue, which is why we have to be voices of truth to help people understand this is more than a clump of cells. It is a human being, an image bearer of God, and we don't just eliminate them or annihilate them the way we get rid of roaches or insects. And that's kind of where we are. I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but I have to be honest, when we're dealing with the numbers of abortions in this country, we know since 1973, it's approximately 60 million babies have been killed. That means the most dangerous place on the planet is the womb of its mother. I don't believe that is God's intended design for sexuality. Now, even if her mother don't want to be tied down to him. Now, let's think about that. So you're going to kill your child rather than giving your child life and placing it for adoption. You see, there is an aspect of this narrative that I also believe many women buy into. I don't want to be tied down to that individual. I don't want to be tied down. I have other things that I want to do with my life. And so we have to ask, what's the sacrifice? The ultimate sacrifice is a human life. And I believe that women deserve better. And there's no doubt in my mind that our children deserve better than abortion. And you speak a lot about chastity. That's, that's I know, I know since, since a young age, I mean, I remember you, we talked about this on the old David O. Gray show, how you were very young and you yourself, you made a choice to... Yeah to live chase mm-hmm. yeah so wait till you get married and yeah. what um so what is the show missing you know so here's kate she's 18 she's in this relationship where she's um involved in fornication uh so what's what's missing here what's the message that's missing that that that, 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 that young girls can get here sure i think both young women and young men can gain that in a relationship i think our society says based on when you look at television People feel that if you love someone, then that should automatically equate to the physical act of sex. And you'll hear them using the term making love, but the reality is making love does not put you in a position where you're in an unplanned pregnancy because love always protects. So I think that we have to kind of reassess what does it mean to actually love someone because it's not about what you do with your private parts, it's more, it's about wanting the absolute best for them. And I believe that, again, not just in the show, but in many shows, what we see is that I don't think we have trained young people. I don't think we're training the, the average individual to understand the virtues and the benefits of sexual integrity and understanding that the highest view of sex is within marriage. The highest view of sex is in a faithful, committed marriage. The low view of sex is in premarital relations, where it's let me use you for the time being. My body is telling you that I'm committed to you, but in my mind and in my heart, I've not made that ultimate commitment. And so I think that's what's missing is the deception of people thinking that, hey, as long as we're in love, there's nothing wrong with it. This is just what people do. I mean, even when you look at, Um, And I know we're obviously talking about this show, so I don't want to go too much off topic. Maybe we'll have to come back and talk about this. But I don't know if you ever watch the show The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. 
I've watched some older ones. I didn't watch any recent ones. Okay, we'll have to come back and talk about that because I think that part of the problem in our society is is that we have this counterfeit intimacy. People think they have this intimacy and this depth, but even in The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like especially when it comes to hometowns and then they have the fantasy suites, that individual is sleeping with multiple people in a two- or three-day period. We would never accept that if it wasn't for the glamour of TV, but this is also in television. It's on so many different shows. I think earlier you just mentioned Sex in the City is coming back, didn't you? Yes. Now let's think about that. Sex in the City was known for its sexual promiscuity. Right. Do we really believe that that is beneficial for our society when if they're engaging in this rampant promiscuity, what's going to come out of that? unplanned pregnancies and what do we think they're going to do with the pregnancies they're going to end their lives and claim that somehow we're strong women because we sacrifice the life of our children and so i think that this message it permeates so many different television shows with lies and deception about either a They're dehumanizing the unborn and assuming that it's not a member of the human family that is worthy of dignity and respect. And, of course, the most basic fundamental human right is the right to life. Never mind that. Let's focus on how I feel, my feelings, and why I'm justifying the intentional death of my child. But we won't even talk about the death. We'll just say that it's a choice, that it's reproductive freedom, and then we'll celebrate that. That's where we are as a culture, and I believe that, unfortunately, what's missing is truth. What's missing is truth about morality. What's missing is understanding that if you really love someone, then you will wait and you will honor them in the marriage bed. And until then, you're actually placing them at risk. And I'm sorry, love always protects. It does not place you at risk. Yeah, I like. That. I never thought to make that connection between the name of your um, the organization you started, Leopard Text, with the reality that is true. And it's, I think it's just really antithetical to freedom, right? That that the idea that the, the reality that love does protect um, demonstrates that there's a sacrificial aspect to love, and that that true love is is sacrificial, and that it's not. Um, we, we would say that, that this this idea that we can kill our consequences and thereby it makes us free is not true freedom at all. No, I agree. And I think that also when you think about that love is sacrificial, the greatest act of love is on the cross. Jesus dying for his church. Right. You know, that's the greatest sacrifice of love. But also when you think of even a mom and what a mom will do for her child, normally speaking. And so I think that when we look at abortion, abortion is the complete antithesis of sacrifice because normally a mom would lay down her life for her child this is no you lay down your life for me so i can pursue my goals and dreams and people don't like it when we say this but that is the reality of it so there is nothing loving nor if if ultimately love protects too here's what we also have to consider how is a man who was designed to be a protector and a defender how is he acting as a man when he is encouraging her to kill his child, when he's encouraging her or being silent 
and allowing her sacrifice that child. That, to me, is not love. We know that's not love because a man is supposed to defend and protect. He's not defending his child. He's being silent in the face of its death. And rather than him saying to her, listen, I am going to support you. When I say support you, I don't just mean I will support any decision you make. No human being that loves that person should ever support them killing another human being. That's not love. So I think that when we look at sacrifice, I think the whole abortion movement, it's spun on its head. It's almost like a snow globe that's been shaken up. And now what we're left with is it, it really kind of emasculates men. Right. And unfortunately, it emasculates women. It makes them almost violent because abortion is a violent act. Right. And again, if we really love that person, a guy is not going to encourage her to have that abortion. He's going to say, honey, because I love you, you know, I love this child. I'm going to love this child regardless. But we're going to make this work, whether it's placing the child for adoption or the two of us raising this child and finding some way, whether it's through co-parenting or whatever the case may be. But that is what love is. Love does not sacrifice the life of someone else. Yeah, going back to Sean, we're speaking to Janique Stewart. Um, she's in the studio today. We were talking about she's a, a pro-life leader, international speaker in the pro-life and chastity movement. We were talking about NBC's show, This Is Us. We are talking about the episode uh, where Kate um had an abortion and the show seemed to glorify it and excuse it and and give reason why it can be justified and a unique thing about that um janique is that i like how you bring the part about how it emasculates men right because i noticed how kate she did not um she did not tell the young man who she got pregnant with about the abortion she never did and it's um, is, is as if though like he didn't have there, there was never a conversation because he didn't have a right he didn't have a choice nothing in the matter right now so I think that part of what was really being exemplified also in the show that it, he didn't the man does not have any input whatsoever in the the act of of um, creating the life of a child. Yes, and here's what's also interesting is our society says that it's a woman's right to choose. as if she got pregnant by herself, which we know that she didn't. And here's what's really interesting. When you look at the scientific case for life and the scientific case for the unborn human being, let's actually ask ourselves, why are we saying that it's a woman's right to choose when that baby has actually 23 chromosomes from dad and the same exact amount from mom? It's interesting that it isn't, that it somehow it isn't shifted towards But the way that God has designed humanity, that baby equally receives 23 pairs from dad and 23 from mom, making it an equal partnership. Whereas society wants to say that is only that woman's choice. And so I think that that's actually very sad. But I also want to talk about the writers of the show and what they're trying to do or the producers. And this is really interesting in an article Um, One of the the writers, she said, it's our job to reflect the human experience. And Kate's experience was organic to her character and true to it. But then it says, with even as young as she was when she made her choice, and as lonely as it was, she was unequivocal in that decision that that decision was right for her. Part of, I believe, 
why so many shows right now are trying to cover the abortion issue is their attempt to normalize it and not only normalize it, but also make it acceptable Mm. and palatable and moral. When we say that it was the right choice for me, we're actually saying that we determine morality when morality is objective. It's already been determined. It's our job to come into alignment with the nature of reality. But at the end of the day, we have to be honest, at the end of the day, what is the nature of abortion? The reality of abortion, at the end of the day, there's a dead baby lying on that table. So we cannot say, well, in the end of the day, that was the best decision for me. How was the best decision for me the death of my child, the intentional death of my child? And so when we talk about that, and that's what the producers, I believe, are the writers of the show, they're trying to contrast how maybe there was an unplanned pregnancy with, um, is it Russell or Randall? Yeah, his yeah, your brother. Yeah. Yes. So she had him out of wedlock. So I guess they're trying to show these different variations of relationships and unplanned pregnancies, yeah. but they're also trying to normalize and moralize right. the killing of an innocent human being. Because that's what we're talking about. Is we're talking about killing. Right. We're not talking about placing them for adoption. We're not even talking about abandoning that child. Right. We're talking about killing them. So there is an attempt to normalize it, destigmatize it, very much like Planned Parenthood, shout your abortion campaign. Now, why were they, why did they have that shout your abortion? Part of that was to normalize it, destigmatize it, Mm -hmm. and somehow moralize it. Mm -hmm. The more people that we see having abortions in these shows, claiming it was the right decision for Mm -hmm. them, then who was anyone to, so to speak, judge? In fact, if you were in the episode, when she's talking to Toby, she says, what's that in your eyes? Are you judging me? Right. Exactly. Right. It's very interesting. Right. The reason that a lot of people don't necessarily want to talk about their abortion isn't because they're afraid of being judged always by other people. It's obvious. I believe personally, it's because they don't want to be judged by their own conscience. That has to be what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. and the show is trying to. Yep, and the show is trying to convince us that um, we should not hold any judgment whatsoever about any sin, right? Um, and, and so it is, it's, it's an atheist, atheistic aspect to what's going on here. And we got a few more minutes left. Um, I want to get to this real quick. We're talking to Ms. Janique Stewart, uh, who's a pro-life leader and apologist for Life Training Institute and executive director for Love Protects. Look her up online. You can just type her in her name in the browser or look up Love Protects or the um, Life Training Institute. You can find out more about her there. Um, Janique, recently in New Zealand, uh, passed they passed a right to um, well, right to life news. They're calling it the most extreme abortion legislation ever passed. Um, here's Here are the highlights. Um, on-demand abortion up to birth. Abortion is allowable for sex selective. You know, you can, if you have a, you don't want a son, you can abort that child. Um, you may, um, ab- abortion for any reason whatsoever, for a cleft lip, a club foot, Down syndrome. If it's diagnosed that a child's going to have any of those, you can abort. No reason whatsoever. Uh, for any reason whatsoever, you can abort your child. No requirement that the doctor be involved in abortion. No legal requirement that babies born alive after failed abortion um, given medical support. No legal requirement that for pain relief. 
um, for babies. So um, shortly in, 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 in a couple of minutes, can you talk about this where right to life is news is calling it one of the most extreme abortion laws ever. Oh, by far it is. And this should be concerning because I believe that normally it's where America goes, so goes the rest of the world. But I believe that New Zealand passed this legislation after New York because New York was really on the cusp of trying to, um, again, pass legislation where through all nine months it's legal to abort that child. And we know several times it's been up to vote to protect babies born alive. It's called the Born Alive Infant Protection Act in the United States. Now, according to this with New Zealand, they're saying there, there is no protection for a child that survives an abortion. That should be concerning. What I also find very interesting is that they're saying it's acceptable to abort a baby based on its sex. Now, the reason why I think we need to get into this a lot of people may not be aware, but currently there are approximately 100 to 160 million females that are missing. I don't mean they're missing because they've been abducted or kidnapped or in human trafficking. They're missing because they were aborted because in China and India, they favor the male baby. And so what happened after the one-child policy in China and similarly in India, where they favor males, did you know that there's such there's such dysfunction mm-hmm. and there's such a discrepancy that the Chinese men have no one to marry? Right. Why? Because they killed off all the women. Right. They aborted them. And so then they said, okay, well, now we'll go to a two-child policy, which now only means you're only aborting the second or the third child. Right. But let's actually think about this. For them to say the sex selected. Even in the United States, surprisingly, there are only a handful of states that make it very clear that they do not allow sex-selective abortion. Now, when I was the director of a pregnancy clinic, I remember I had only been working as a director of this clinic for maybe three to four weeks. And we had a patient come in. She was not American. She had a, a very, she was foreign and she had a very foreign accent. And I remember her saying during the ultrasound, if it's a if it's a boy, we keep it. If it's a girl, we don't keep it. And I remember thinking, well, what does she mean by that? Because I couldn't grasp in my mind that she meant they were going to abort the baby if it was the wrong sex. And so I think that this law that's passed over there, I believe we're going to see yeah. over time, I bet you we're going to see more females aborted in that country. Yeah. Not only that, I believe the other countries are probably going to also try and follow suit because almost like there's this competition to see who's who's the biggest and baddest who can pass the most controversial laws and it becomes this contest of evil if we're being honest it's a contest of evil and the destruction of human life again in this culture of death as the pope says we're participating in it and we're competing to see which culture can rush to death. I mean, and that's kind of scary. And I believe we're going to see that happen even in the United States. I do believe that we're going to see other states, especially if we're being honest, underneath this new administration, which we know they've actually said, according to the campaign, 
upon which they ran that they're going to do everything they can to roll back some of these pro-life laws and they're going to do everything they can to protect abortion. So what is that going to look like? I believe we're going to see a lot of laws that did protect the unborn. I believe we're going to see a lot of those repealed and I believe we're going to see a lot. In fact, many different attempts to try and normalize, whether it's sex selective abortion, I find it unsettling that they're also saying we're going to practice eugenics. We're going to accept abortion for cleft palates for Down syndrome. That's like Iceland that claimed we've eradicated or we've cured Down syndrome. And what they did is they didn't actually cure it. They aborted almost all of their babies around 94 to 97%. Here in the United States, according to the CDC, the United States aborts approximately 63 to about 74% of their Down syndrome babies, depending on the study that you're looking at. And I believe that if that catches wind and if states try to compete in that killing market, I believe we're going to see more Down syndrome babies and babies with any disability, which already health providers will suggest, oh, well, we we ran this test and we think that your baby is going to have this condition, so you might as well. That's eugenics. That is eugenics mindset. And as much as people may not want to admit it, Planned Parenthood and all abortion clinics are in the eugenics movement. They're in the eugenics business. And I believe we're going to see even more of this come out in a couple of months underneath a new administration where they're trying to compete with New Zealand and other countries that have these liberal laws. And when that happens, because we know it's going to happen, I look forward to having you back on, Janique, to talk more about that. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on Talking Catholic. We've been speaking on this first with this first half with Janique Stewart. She is a pro-life leader. You can just look her up with type her name, J-A-N-N-I-Q-U-E Stewart. And I'll find out more about her. Um, if you're an um, uh, organization that's looking for someone to come speak to you, please bring her on. She's phenomenal. We'll be right back on the second half of um, the David L. Gray show with Deacon Kenneth Stevenson. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> 